0: We started a new series last week called I'm In. Uh, This video gives us an illustration of separate, in this case, uh, coal from a fire, separate will die out. It doesn't have any life or strength. Uh, But connected to the fire, it can give off light and heat and do what it's supposed to do. So in this series, we're talking, all the titles start with I'm In. it's really a message series about how God sees us. And last week we talked about God sees us as invited. Everyone's invited. So the question is, are you in? God's invited you. Today's topic is, I'm invaluable. Not just valuable, but I'm invaluable. There's lots of things that are valuable. If I had $101 bills... Uh, they all would be valuable. But Jesus told a story about a shepherd who had 100 sheep and one of them wandered off. And what did he do? Because of the value of the sheep that wandered off, he left the 99 to rescue the one. Well, if I lose one of those $100 bills, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. It's a value, but it's not invaluable. Another way to think about it is I've got four children if one of them wanders off, or eight grandchildren, if one of those wander off, I'm going to consider that important, critical, vital because they have a place in my heart. They're invaluable. They can't be replaced. Uh, They have supernatural almost value. But we have value not only because we are children of God, But we also have value because God created us all with a purpose. You and I are created in this time frame, in this place, and in this church, whatever religious body you're a part of, because you have a purpose. The family you're in, the place you work, you have a purpose. Now some people say, well, I'm not good enough I'm not smart enough I'm not religious enough I don't know a bunch of Bible verses I can't pray like that person and we seem to think of ourselves as less than invaluable and one big lie and I'll put it on the screen one big lie that we believe is if I'm not here meaning in person it doesn't matter and of course during COVID many of us couldn't be here But now we can be, and and it's a lie to believe that it doesn't matter because, again, you have value, you're invaluable, and you have a part to play in this church, whatever church you attend, uh, whatever family you're in, etc. Now, we're going to look at a beautiful metaphor that Jesus gave us of what we would call the church. But to kind of illustrate that, we're going to do a little fun game. So... People that are present, you can participate. I know. People at home can, can kind of guess at the answers yourselves. So I'm going to put an animal up on the screen. Well, the folks in the back are going to put an animal up on the screen. And you, I want you to tell me the name of that animal. And then I want to ask you what the name of the group of that animals are. Everybody understand? So the first one's easy. What is that? An elephant. So what do you call a group of Elephants. A herd of elephants. See, that wasn't too difficult, right? Next one. Uh, What what, what animal is that? A lion. lion. So what do you call a group of lions? A pride. Okay, that was pretty good. You you guys are getting this one. All right, next animal. What is that? That's a cheetah. This one's a little more difficult. Who knows what a group of cheetahs are called? Ah, got everybody with this one. It's a coalition. Someone said Cheetos, but it's not Cheetos. <laughs> it's a coalition of Cheetos. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, we'll do a couple more. <clears throat> what is that? All right, what's a group of donkeys called? <laughs> Democrats. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, technically, literally, they are called what? A pace... Of donkeys. Anyway, okay, a couple more and we'll move on. Uh, What is that? A crow. This is pretty interesting. Most people know this one. What is a group of crows called? A murder of crows. (laughs) Can you imagine? I don't know where that came from. I didn't search why they're called that. But uh, if you got a group of crows, you got a murder of crows. And then one more, last one. This is my favorite. A vulture. What's a group of vultures called? Nobody knows this one? It's a committee of vultures. So that's why our church doesn't have committees. <laughs> we have teams. We have a management team. Because <laughs> nobody wants to be a com- group of, that's called a committee. Now, it's fascinating that there is one name for individual animals and a different name for a group of animals. So, what about believers? What about a believer? We call it a believer, a Christian, a Jesus follower, a disciple. We have lots of names for an individual. But what do you call a group of believers? All right. Sometimes we call it the church. It's, this building's not the church. The church is the people. But yeah, we're going to, Paul's going to use this illustration, this metaphor, the body of Christ. So we're believers, Christians, individually, together. God calls us a body of Christ. And there's this pretty long narrative explaining exactly this metaphor. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Because all of you and I matter. We all are not just valuable. I mean, Jesus died for us. That gives us enormous value. But we're invaluable. Nobody else can do what you can do. So, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to follow along in some other version. <clears throat> There's not a lot of difference, actually, in this passage in the different uh, translations. So, Paul, Paul's writing this to the church in first century church in Corinth. The human body has many parts. We all know that, right? I've got ten fingers, ten toes, two eyes, etc. The human body has many parts. Many parts make up one whole body so my hand's not a body it makes up a body so all of them together makes a body so he says this is the same way it is with the body of christ so the body of christ there's individual parts but they're not a body by themselves all of them together is a body so then he says okay now this is a little uh we don't have this kind of diversity in our particular church uh We do have some, but they had a huge diversity in the church in Corinth. It's hard for us to understand or grasp this, but they had Jews and Gentiles. (laughs) And Jews didn't like Gentiles. Gentiles probably didn't like Jews very well either. But in Christ, they were joined. And then they had poor people or even slaves, and then they had free people and rich people. And so... um, most time, rich people don't hang with, out with poor people and vice versa. So we have all this diversity in this church. And so it's easy to see how there could be what? Conflict. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit. Now we believe that as you become a believer, the Holy Spirit, one Holy Spirit of God comes and dwells in each of us. So we all have that commonality, we all have that bond. So we all share that same spirit. So there's this unity of all believers because of the spirit of God that dwells in us. I've often heard it this way. The spirit of God in me won't fight with the spirit of God in you. We don't fight with ourselves. So he goes on. Yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. And he gives us some illustrations. He says, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, uh, hands are part of the body, but feet aren't part of the body. That sounds crazy. That does not make it any less part of the body. It's still part of the body. So when we take the analogy or the metaphor into the church, we can understand that. You can say, well, I'm not part of the body because I don't play music or I don't sing or I don't get up and speak. No, 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 (laughs) no. He's saying, no, if you're in the body, you're part of the body. Just because you're not a hand doesn't make you any less part of the body. Then he goes on with another illustration. He says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye. This is the ear speaking. Would that make me any less part of the body just because you said so? Now, it's interesting comparing eyes to ears, uh, when you're dating and maybe after you're married you still do this do you gaze into each other's eyes if you're dating somebody and they start gazing at your ear <laughs> you might not uh, go out of another date with that person right <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the, um, the ear of the beholder we don't use that term either um, <clears throat> uh, the apple of my ear James Bond fan, uh, you, uh, um, but for your ears only, James Bond fan. Uh, so there, in our way of speaking, we have a higher value for eyes than ears. I got to thinking though about, you ever asked, been asked the question, if you had to lose your, your sight or your hearing, which would you lose? Interesting question, right? Most of us would lose our hearing. But I thought about musicians, and I think some musicians couldn't live without hearing music. And they would choose to lose their sight before they're before hearing. But God said, no, 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 no. The eye isn't more important than the ear, and the ear isn't more important than the eye. <clears throat> and then he goes on kind of this, I kind of thought of, uh, what was that Men in Black movie? <laughs> you ever see one of those? Those weird creatures? If the whole body was an eye... How would you hear? Well, you couldn't hear, right? If the whole body was an ear, can you imagine just a big ear? He said, how would you smell anything? Now, these are kind of absurd illustrations, but he's trying to get a point across to us, right? That we can't all be eyes. We can't all be musicians. We can't all be speakers. But that doesn't make us less important. So he goes on. But our bodies have many parts. Again, we understand that. And each part, God has put each part just where he wants it. And I often talk to tell you folks, he didn't make me a singer, all right? Uh, Claudia, yes. He made me a, uh, a speaker, a teacher. Uh, he made you however he made you. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Any part, pick a part. An eye, an ear, uh, a leg? It would be absurd, wouldn't it? So it's the same thing with the body of Christ. The church it has got to have all these multiple parts to make up this, this whole, this body. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. All the parts matter. All the parts are consequently invaluable in the body of Christ. <clears throat> so the eye can never say to the hand, hey, hand, I don't need you. Well, I do need you. I couldn't pick up anything if I didn't have the hands. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Well, if I was just the head, I couldn't go anywhere. Again, absurd. He's just trying to get a point across to us. If you're in the body, you are important. Invaluable. In fact, some parts of the bodies that seem, this is fascinating, the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Um... Kind of an interesting illustration, I think. Um, Our hands, we have fingers and thumbs, right? Thumbs really important. We have a pointing finger, middle finger, we'll skip that one. Uh, Ladies, this finger, pretty important, right? Okay. But this one, doesn't seem very important. So I did some research. Actually, 15% of your hand strength is in that little finger. So if I was to lose my little finger or if it wouldn't cooperate, which it didn't for me this week, one day I had a, a numb finger. I'll talk to that, tell you about that in a minute. Um, I lose 15% of my strength. So everything is important. And uh, there's some things that seem unimportant that are really important. <clears throat> so, God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that are, have less dignity. So parts of, there are some parts of our body that we don't think are really important. They're, they deserve extra honor, or extra dignity. And part of the, a well-functioning body, a, a spiritual body, body of Christ, is that people of lesser honor are given positions of honor. Why? Why is this important? Well, he tells us. This makes for harmony, or I used the word unity earlier, among the members. So all the members care for each other. So, person that seems less important, make sure they feel important. If one part part suffers, and this is, um, all the grieving has been going on recently in our congregation. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with us. So we had our loss, our family's grieving, other families have had their losses, uh, Again, uh, we'll be grieving with Jody's family and we're grieving for Jody ourselves. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. This is one way you can test if you're uh, functioning properly in the body. <clears throat> are you happy when somebody else uh, is honored, prospered? Can you be happy for their happiness? We should be able to. Now, all of you together are Christ. Body and each one of you is a separate, we're all separate, we're all different, we're all unique, but necessary part of it. And it got me to thinking about there's parts I can't see. So just because you're not visible doesn't mean it's, you're, it's not important. Now, in our bodies, this is easy, right? What parts can I? I can't see my brain, I can't see my heart, I can't see my lungs, my other organs. I couldn't exist without any of those. Can't see them, but they're most important. So sometimes we think people that to end up front like myself and, and the music people. They're most important. Not necessarily. I think one of the most important parts of this body or any body is people that pray. And I covered your prayers for me. And the praise team, covers your prayers for them. Those of us that are up front. But things happen that when you pray that wouldn't happen if you didn't pray. Nobody sees that. Uh, My sister's here. She'll remember back when uh, we were teenagers, our pastor, our name was Reverend Pastor Watson. And uh, probably from the age of uh, 16 or so to 23 or so, he was my pastor. And so consequently, when... Uh, I was 17 and decided, I was thinking about being a pastor. I went and talked to Pastor Watson. And so I made an appointment, went to his apartment and talked to him. Now, to this day, I'm a little little aggravated with him because I said, "Um, I'm not so sure about this. I want to keep it kind of secret. Guess what? Before I knew it, everybody in church knew, oh, Alan's going to be a pastor. (laughs) Well, I followed through, so it, it turned out okay. But I'm going to tell you the backstory of Pastor Watson. Uh, he was in the military, wasn't a believer, and he liked to read. And he tells his story. Um, he's going to be with the Lord now, but um, uh, couldn't find anything else to read in the barracks. But all the soldiers had one thing. What did they have? A Gideon New Testament. So couldn't find anything else to read. He starts reading this New Testament. And guess what? (laughs) Before long, he gave his life to Jesus. Now, he probably doesn't know or even remember the person that gave him, that Gideon person that gave him that Bible. The Gideon person that distributed that Bible certainly didn't know that this is what happened in Pastor Watson's life. And we've all seen the Bibles in hospital rooms and hotel rooms and Maybe if a student got one, they distributed them to nurses. Uh, it's a fascinating ministry. A lot of those Bibles get thrown away, and then, and as they pay for those and distribute them, nobody sees it. But huge, important ministry. So I think one thing is teaching us: everybody has an ability. And so early on in the same chapter of Corinthians, Paul talks about spiritual gifts or or talents or abilities. So I wanted to go and, and hit that before we're finished. <clears throat> he says, Dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about spiritual abilities, the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So there's this teaching that God gives, there's abilities that God gives to us, special abilities. That we wouldn't have otherwise. He goes on. These are different, there are different kinds of these spiritual gifts. So yours is different than mine, mine's different than yours. But the same, oh, I didn't finish reading. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. So it doesn't matter yours is music and mine is teaching, whatever it might be, they all came from the same source. These are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. One translation or some translations use the word grace gifts. So a gift is given by God's grace. So whatever gifts I have or you have, abilities, special abilities, they are given by God. You didn't pay for them, you didn't earn them, you don't deserve them, just like salvation. Text goes on. So God works in different ways, but is the same God who does the work in all of us. It works a different way in me and then you, but it's the same God. <clears throat> a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? Why do we get these spiritual gifts? Just so I can say, hey, look at me. I'm such a great singer or, or musician or, or speaker. No, 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 no. Spiritual gifts are given. Again, God chooses to give them. And he chooses the purpose for them or why he gives them. And he says, the reason I give you these is so you can help each other. So my gift isn't really for me. My gift is for you. <laughs> and your gift isn't really for you. Your gift is for me. Text goes on. <clears throat> it is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. We don't get to choose. We don't get to distribute. He does. He alone decides which each gift, gift each person should have. Now, I mentioned that my finger went numb this week for some reason for not, well, not a long time, but it was really odd. Anyway, uh, all of us have probably sat or slept on an arm or leg, and we say it went to sleep, right? And it gets all tingly. But uh, I've done it to my leg before. And when I get up, I can't walk on it. It won't, it just won't, it's, it's paralyzed. Not, not for long, but a short time. And I, I, and I see this in the body of Christ. I see numb. Parts that are asleep. They're paralyzed. They're not functioning. And and it's sad because whatever function that has, when my leg's asleep, I can't walk. So, in the body of Christ, when a part of it is asleep, something can't get done. The other thing it is, the other parts of the bodies have to work harder. I would have to hop on one leg, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) This leg would have to work twice as hard because this leg is asleep. And so the body of Christ, when the parts of it are asleep and it's one of the sad things about what COVID's under church I think more people are, uh, are numb or asleep. So we're all invaluable parts of the body. Now one pushback I, th- I, I get from people sometimes is this attitude that, uh, what about my past? God can't use me because, and fill in the blank. And so I put in your outline something I think is really important. Your past doesn't disqualify you. In fact, it's better than that. It prepares you. Who better to help uh, somebody with an addiction, alcohol, drugs, whatever it be, than someone who's conquered it by God's grace and God's power? Maybe, uh, who, who better to help somebody who's going through divorce than somebody that's been divorced? Um, I'm thinking about Jody's mom that has to bury a child. I kind of know that. I buried a, a daughter-in-law. There's only certain people that can understand that, empathize with that. So whatever past you have, it doesn't disqualify you, it prepares you. And can you imagine if all the parts of the body were working, what could be, be done? I'll give you a couple of examples. I uh, uh, read about a church in Atlanta, another big church. They wanted to take on foster care. And so they went to the local DSS office and said, how many children do you have that need foster parents? They gave them the list, gave them the name. And that church provided a foster parent for every one of their children. There wasn't a child in that county or that t- district that, didn't, that needed a parent that didn't have a parent. That's the body of Christ functioning. I thought about our church. Years ago, we used to do a 5K race. Somebody remember that? Who remembers what the purpose of that race was? We raised money for what? Who remembers? Like people in the first service remember to drill wells overseas. And so I remember the first year we did it, well, we were all excited. We raised enough money to actually drill the whole cost of drilling a well in a third world country. Now we, we, we take clean water for granted, but if you've ever been overseas, uh, this is huge. And we did that for multiple years. And we were having an impact, who knows where in the world, when the body of Christ, all of it functions what could be accomplished? So what really matters? What really matters? <clears throat> your presence or your participation or your using of your gifts is what really matters. You have a story to tell that nobody else can tell. Um, your prayers are different than anybody else's prayers. Your gifts are different than everybody else's gifts. So, bottom line is this it's not about ability. I, I, I hear this a lot in sports, sports shows. It's about availability. It doesn't matter how talented an athlete you are, if you're injured, you're not available, you can't help. So, it doesn't matter what abilities you have, <clears throat> if you consider them small, or maybe they're big, are you making them available? are you using them? So, you, I, all of us, are part of the body of Christ. We are invaluable. Can't be replaced to God's work. 99 sheep, 100 sheep, 99, one of them lost. Shepherd went to find it because it was invaluable. Let me finish up with this story. Most of you ever heard of Babe Ruth? Everybody know who Babe Ruth was? Uh, early part of the 20th century, a famous baseball player for years and years had the home run record. <clears throat> anyway, he signed lots of, autographed lots of baseballs. Baseball players do that. But history tells us he only signed seven baseball bats. And history of one of these bats in 1923, participated in some kind of con- home run contest, And after that, the winner of the contest was awarded this baseball bat with Babe Ruth's signature on it. Now, it wouldn't happen today, but back then they got no information on this person that won the contest. So they were lost in history. Nobody knew where this bat went, who owned it. Fast forward to 1988. The owner of the bat uh, was dying. He had no family to leave his possessions to. Closest person to him at that point in his life was a nurse that was taking care of him. So he said to her, hey, I would like you to have this. And she wasn't a baseball fan, so she took it, said thank you, and she went home and stuck it under her bed. 18 years later, 2006, she's retiring as a nurse, and she wants to open a restaurant, but she has no money. And for some reason, she thought about this baseball bat. So she goes and gets the bat, takes it to somebody, get it appraised. Well, long story short, uh, it went up for auction and sold for almost $1.3 million. But that's not the best part of the story. So she took some of the money and opened a restaurant. But then she gave the rest of it away to a children's ministry. A children's ministry that Babe Ruth supported. And so a reporter asked her, well, why would you do that? And she said, the only reason this bat had value because of Babe Ruth's signature. And I wanted to honor him with the value of this bat. And the scripture says, God's name is written on our hearts. And what gives us value is that name. I gave you some scriptures to read uh, this week. If you'd like to participate, get some new, in, more insight. Let me pray with you before I let you go. God, your name is written on our hearts. That gives us inestimable value. It gives us we're invaluable. All of us are unique. All of us have a purpose. And God, uh, for any of us that are asleep. That's letting our, our, our abilities uh, go to waste. We're not making them available. Forgive us. Thank you for investing in us, gifting us. And I thank you that we had the privilege of using these for the, for the uh, benefit of others. And it's always a If you're not part of God's family, as we talked about last week, you are invited. Jesus died for everyone. The price has already been paid. It's a gift, free gift, grace gift. All you need to do is say yes. Forgive me for my sins. I accept your gift of salvation. And you will go from, to to joining into the fire. Father, God, you know who's going to hear this message or who's already heard it. We would just pray that your spirit and your word that is alive would do his work in our hearts and minds, making us more like your son Jesus and for the glory and honor of you and your church. It's in your name we pray. Amen.